in the realm of 2014, a picturesque historic abode nestled in Westfield, New Jersey, became the theater for a mysterious saga that would send shivers down your spine. As the echoes of their footsteps faded into the corridors of time, whispers emerged from the shadows, etching unsettling letters into the fabric of their reality. Each cryptic letter bore the signature of the Watcher, a riddle cloaked in obscurity, weaving a tapestry of dread that even the sturdiest of hearts couldn't ignore. With the weight of unease pressuring upon them, the family turned to the law, hoping to decipher the sinister script that fate had pinned. But the answers remained elusive. Was it a mere prank? An elaborate ruse? or a sinister crusade of calculated terror. From the pages of news articles to the screens of a Netflix sensation, let's peer beyond the veil and unearth the chilling truth beneath. This is The Watcher, a chronicle that transcends time and space of a family drawn by destiny's hand, venturing into a web of chilling uncertainty. So brace yourself for you are about to step into the uncanny world of The Watcher. Derek Bradis purchased their ideal home at 567 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey in June of 2014. But they never moved in. Three days after buying the home, the Watcher wrote an anonymous letter that made them feel unwelcome about relocating to 657 Boulevard. In 2019, the Bradis family sold their home after receiving four letters from the Watcher whose identity is still unknown. So while he was at the house doing some renovations, he decided to check his mailbox. And there, inside the mailbox, was a letter addressed to the new owner, with no return address. This is what the first letter said. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within its walls? Why are you here? I will find out. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed that brings your children to me? 
Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. End of letter one. This freaked out Derek and Maria, obviously. So what they did was the following evening, they sent an email to the former owners of the home, the Woods, asking if they had any knowledge or if they knew the motivation behind these weird letters. The Woods responded, saying, yes, we received a letter, but, you know, we brushed it off. We thought it was odd, but not threatening. Now, this is around the time that they actually went to the police station to try and get some help with this, because they were on high alert in the coming weeks. Now, it's interesting to note here that the Woods had also went with Maria to the police station that day, where Detective Leonard instructed them to not discuss the letters with anybody, not even their neighbors. The Broadus family discovered a second note in the mailbox two weeks after receiving the first one, asking if they had found what's in the walls. This is what the letter said. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time they will. 657 is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all fall asleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the streets? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Maria and Derek's children no longer visited the home after that. They were unsure of when or even if they would move in anymore. The Watcher sent a letter to the Broadus family inquiring as to their whereabouts after they decided to put off moving into 657 Boulevard. 
It read, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. End of letter. Well, surprisingly after that, the family decided to move in after some time had passed, but they kept an eye on all of their neighbors. No one other than the police chief was informed of the letters at the time. And since there was little to no evidence, the police chief informed the family that after a while there wasn't much that they could do because they had nothing to go on. Now, after the second letter, Derek warned the police that they would be dealing with a different kind of case if they couldn't handle the matter. Now, at this point, I would say Derek went a little crazy because he installed webcams inside the house and he spent every evening crouched in the shadows, keeping an eye out if anyone was close to the home. Now, Maria started having unusual dreams one night, she had a particularly vivid dream about a man who lived close, and it woke her up. She was quoted as saying, I couldn't get to the kids in time. He was calling to them while wielding a pitchfork and wearing dark boots. She believed that anybody could be the Watcher, literally anybody, which made it even more dangerous to her. She spent hours googling anyone who appeared suspicious at grocery stores, around the neighborhood, just anything. But by the end of 2014, the investigation dried up. And that's when Derek decided to go to his local priest. He showed him the letters and asked if he could bless the house, and the priest actually agreed to do it. Within a few months, 657 Boulevard had undergone upgrades, including a new alarm system. But this still gave them anxiety just being in the house. Could they invite friends over or allow their kids to play outside? These were the things that they were thinking of. Ultimately, they decided to stay with Maria's parents after selling their former house. But they continued to pay the mortgage and the property taxes on 657 Boulevard. At this point, they only notified a small group of their friends about the letters. And some of them began to suspect whether or not they were going to move in, even go as far as to ask if they were going to get divorced. Because sources say that they fought all the time and even started taking medication to fall asleep because they were so worried and anxious the whole time. Well, Maria went to go see a therapist, and according to the therapist, she was experiencing post-traumatic stress. And he said that it wouldn't go away until they sold the house. This is when the Broadus made the decision to sell 657 Boulevard six months after the letters were delivered. To reflect the renovations that they had made, they initially listed for a higher price than they had paid for. However, with all the rumors going around of them and the house, they weren't getting any potential buyers, especially when they said that they would disclose the letters to anyone who bought the house. While they did get some offers, they were just way below their asking price, so they weren't ready to accept it. And because of all this, this is when Derek and Maria decided to file a lawsuit against the Woods for not disclosing the letters before buying the house. Because they had wondered, well, what if we knew about the letters beforehand? We could have made a proper decision whether or not we wanted to buy the house or not. The family said that they desired a peaceful settlement to come from it. 
Shortly after that, the story went viral after Tamron Hill from the Today Show started talking about the letters and the house, saying this might be top 10 creepy. After that, things got even weirder and stranger when a group of Reddit users became fixated with the story. So they went on Google Maps Street View, which displayed one person a man holding a camera in the driver's seat in a car parked in front of 657 Boulevard. And this is when a detective, a veteran detective, Baron Shambliss, looked into the case. He made a startling discovery. One of the envelopes had undergone a DNA test, and he said a woman's DNA could be found. But they still had no clue as to who could have done it. One evening, while using a set of binoculars to observe the house, Chambliss and his partner were seated in the back of a van that was parked on Boulevard. And around 11 o'clock, an automobile halted in front of the residence long enough for him to get uneasy about it. He says he traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. Now, when he tracked down the woman, she informed him that her boyfriend enjoyed some extremely dark video games. And one of the characters, get this, one of the characters' name is The Watcher. But they could never get the boyfriend to come in for questioning. Couldn't force him either because they had no evidence to bring him in. So, ultimately and sadly, he just dropped the case and moved on. Everyone's theory about what happened was that the Drodis had developed a complex plan to back out of the sale due to buyer's remorse or realizing that they couldn't afford the home or that Derek was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud. But those were just theories. And in the spring of 2016, they put 657 Boulevard back on the market. They even considered selling the house to a developer to build two affordable homes. But when word spread of this, people began to be really upset. A three-hour-long board hearing was held on the matter in January 2017, but with no luck. More than 100 residents showed up, and a few of the residents of the area were infuriated, causing the board to reject the idea. Now, the Broaddus family decided to rent the house out, and they ended up finding a new family. But the new family was not worried about the Watcher because they had a clause in their contract saying that if they received a letter while they were there, they were legally able to leave. The Broadus ended up getting one more letter. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. The Watcher won. End of letter. In July 2019, the Broaddus family sold 657 Boulevard at a $400,000 loss. There had been no more reports by the new owners of receiving any letters. And today, the Watcher's identity 
remains unknown. And just as the Watcher was obsessed with the house, Derek became obsessed with the Watcher. Now, it's important to note that there was some comments that came out years later. Like, from one of the painters of the house, Bill Woodward, he said, They were so joyous about their new home, and within days they were terrified. I'm a stranger, and Maria was crying and shaking in my arms. It didn't help that the Watcher seemed to be getting more and more unhinged. It's also worth to note that when Derek told his story to the news reporter, he did confess to writing one of the letters, but we don't know which letter that he wrote. I don't believe that it's a ghost or anything like that. No, I don't but think either. This does sound to me like the guy's trying to use a reverse psychology to get them to move out. Because he kept saying, oh, send the kids, send the kids, send the kids, right? Like he was encouraging them. And so obviously that's discouraging them. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming it's some kind of reverse psychology. If I was them, I would investigate the people who are trying to who send offers to buy the house, but at a very low rate. That's mm. my suspects. The people trying to lowball? Yeah, this is my theory would be either people trying to buy the house for much less than it's worth by sending in all these crazy letters trying to get people not to want the house, but not be able to sell the house to someone else. It's like trying to put haunted on that house so, or, or that somebody had been murdered in it or something like that to try and scare away potential buyers to go mm. buy the house for less than it's worth. That's my guess anyway. Mm. And this would also correspond with them trying to get them to stop doing upgrades to the house. If the house was <laughs> valued at $1.3 million to begin with, uh -huh. I would assume whatever upgrades they're adding, whoever could afford the house in the beginning could probably also afford all the upgrades. You know what I mean? Unless like it, Unless they couldn't, and that's why they're going through this convoluted idea of trying to get them to sell the house under market. Mm. But now people think that, well, if he wrote one letter, maybe he wrote all the letters. Not to say that he couldn't afford the house, because obviously he could, because he also could afford to renovate it. But they're thinking maybe he, him and his wife, came up with the idea of the Watcher to draw more attention and to possibly sell the house for more money. Oh. Drive up the price and interest of the house. I wonder if, I, I think that would work, but I don't know, do haunted houses sell for more or less on the market? Well, a haunted hmm. house sells for less. Yeah, well, unless it's a famous haunted house. Like, if you have a house that's like the most <laughs> famous haunted house in the world, wouldn't have some sort of a, like, there was a historical hanging that happened in the backyard or <laughs> something. I would imagine that something like that might sell for Yeah, more. maybe something like that. But when you add mystery and suspense to a piece of property that isn't threatening, right, that you could totally live there if you could just ignore the letters, that would drive interest and cost up, I would think. Kind of like a touristy type. Perhaps. Hmm. I wonder if now that it's gone, I guess, public with this story, mm -hmm. if there are other people who claim to be the Watcher, who are not the original Watcher, but <coughs> now camp out and watch the house. I'll tell you what happened after it, the story got out. Other houses in the neighborhood of 657 Boulevard started receiving copycat letters. Uh-huh. 
So that happened. And I think that happened because the story got so popular that Netflix made a TV series about it. And so all these people looked up the the address of the house and the houses in that neighborhood and started sending letters. Oh. I wonder if in like 50 years it's going to evolve to the point where the people inside of those neighborhoods just send the letters to one another inside the neighborhood and they all jokingly call themselves the Watcher. And that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. Again... Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I will catch you in the next episode.